RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. Just over a month ago here at Reality Check Radio, we had Mary Byrne from Fluoride Free NZ in for a good chat to update us on the fluoride issue ongoing. It's been around for a long time here in New Zealand. If you heard that interview, either live or in the replays, you'll know quite a bit about what we're going to talk about now with Kane Titchener, also from Fluoride Free NZ, because there's more to tell you about now. Kane, welcome to our program. Thanks for coming on. Thanks very much for having me, Paul. Okay, so let's alert people to the fact that uh, the NTP, the National Toxicity Program in the United States, have released a report, which I, I believe has taken a while to come to some sort of fruition. They've released a report, or they're about to release it, slight spanner in the works, but uh, what's all this about? So basically, um, the National Toxicology Program has been tasked with investigating the neurotoxicity of fluoride. And this is a six-year um, research project, and they've come up with a monograph and a meta-analysis. And basically, what the situation is, is that the Board of Scientific Counselors met on the 4th of May to review and hear public feedback on the um, commentary so far and to take that commentary in and to see whether they're going to publish it. The 16th of May, two days ago, the Board of Scientific Counselors met again and they decided that essentially that we will be publishing, they will be publishing this report potentially within weeks, but the fish hook in there is that the Health and Human Services will be able to have one more look at it to see what will be published. This is a highly controversial topic, as you can imagine, and um, they want to make sure that there's um, you know, a bit of wiggle room there, I think, potentially. Yeah, I'm trying to understand why it is highly controversial, because in this day and age, it seems to me it's not even necessary. So where does the controversy come from? Is it just a legacy controversy? There's, there's a number of reasons um, why it is controversial, but basically it, it's long, it's a long-running um, controversy, but you, you're right, it should be very straightforward that we don't need to put a neurotoxin um, or you know a waste product of the pro uh, phosphate fertiliser industry into the shared public water supply. It should be based, I mean, easily on that basis, it shouldn't happen. Um, basically, um, the NTP um, results show that there are 55 human studies um, that they've used. 52 of those um, show a lowering of IQ. The average is a seven IQ point reduction. 19 of those studies is, are of high quality. So that's um, high quality in terms of their, uh, how they've been created and designed and the data that they've used. 18 of those high quality studies show a lowering of IQ. Now, the NTP recognised that the highest quality studies of those include the Merit cohort data from Canada and the Element cohort data from Mexico. Included in those studies are Bashish 2017, Bashish 2018, Till 2020, Green 2021 and Farmers 2021. Um, essentially, what those um, studies show, if you look at an aggregate of them, that at one milligram per litre, that's one part per million, we have a five IQ point reduction. That's, that's incredible. Just that tiny amount. That's right. Yep. So that that's that's that is on it's equivalent. Basically we're at we're on par with lead in terms of the effect size that this is um, fluoride in the water is causing. Yet lead paint was banned ages ago. 
Correct. And it took them, and, and the Ministry of Health defended lead right up until they said, we should probably take it out of lead and paint. So, I mean, this is this is exactly, that's what we say, fluoride is the new lead. So yeah. um, They took it out of the gas too, remember? That's right. Yep, yeah, that's right. Um, you mentioned the HHS, the Health and Human Services Department. Why would they want to get involved? Uh, is that some sort of effort to sort of slow things down, handbrake it, or, or, or mitigate what could be you know, tough news for the fluoride pushes? Well, basically, it's a similar situation in New Zealand where the Ministry of Health and the DHBs are the biggest promoters of, of fluoride. So the Health and Human Services, along with the CDC, are the, the biggest promoters of, of fluoridation in the United States. There's not a day goes by that the um, it's, fluoridation is quoted as being the, one of the top 10 public health initiatives um, in the history of the United States. So, I mean, there's, there's a lot of credibility on the line here. And you look at Gluckman and Skegg, the, you know, the head of the Royal Society and the Officer of Prime Minister Chief Science Advisor, they put their name to a report um, in 2014. And, you know, there's a lot of credibility that is going to be completely destroyed as a result of, of, of this. And, you know, it's a um, sacred cow, essentially. So reputations are more important than an IQ drop. Well, apparently so. I is, mean, is that right? I mean, that's it, what it looks it's, like. It's unbelievable. And I mean, you know, people need to be up in arms about it. You know, like, I'm still, you know, I'm still surprised that people aren't more up in arms, but it's really making people aware and actually, you know, getting the word out. So um, Ashley Bloomfield, uh, the government put through a, a law where um, Ashley Bloomfield, the Director General of Health at the time, was given control over decision making and taking it away from the local councils. So there's a big story behind that with the local government New Zealand and, and all those councils. But there's, there's 14 councils that are currently have been directed to fluoridate. And, you know, you should go to fluoridefree.org.nz to, to find out who they are. But basically, fluoridation is going to be extended through the country um, at the same time as this hugely damning report that shows that we're lowering children's IQ between three to five IQ points on average. It's, it's just insane. So that's without any any say by the people who will be drinking the water am i missing something absolutely correct the directive is we they that law states that there needs to be zero consultation with the community it's just a massive overreach in terms of government control it's 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 quite draconian i mean it's no it's no surprises after what we've seen for the last couple of years obviously but this is where it's all heading so um consolidation and centralization of, of control and power really yeah, it's compulsory medication. Again, it's bodily autonomy issue. It's well, it's it's definitely we're, we're definitely. I mean, it's something that just doesn't need to happen. You know, there's there's alternatives that are, are possible. So we've got the Scotland Child Small Program, which is extremely um, successful, based out of obviously Scotland, and they've managed to lower um, half the number of general anaesthetic operations in the time that they've been um, implementing implementing the Scotland Child Small Program. You know, which they don't have fluoridation in Scotland. So it's it's you know it's unnecessary. There's an alternative <clears throat> that's there, ready and available to use, and um, it's it's non-controversial. So it's it's just it's insane. I think the other thing to point out is that people always say you know are they deliberately you know causing harm and and you know dumbing people down. Well, the fact is the government knows this NTP report. They are fully aware of it. They're fully aware of all of the research. 
So they are deliberately putting a neurotoxin into the water supply. They are fully aware of it. Yeah, well, that's scary, actually. That's scary. Meanwhile, sugary drinks going out in shopping trolleys like you wouldn't believe. There's no effort to curb that. That would go some some way. Yet more prepared to put this stuff in the water than address what I see every day. Yeah, that's right. I, yeah. So, the, so the, for example, the Scotland Child Swamp Program targets that sort of healthy eating in schools, giving, giving education to not only the students but the um, parents. Um, there was a, there was a, a kindy uh, preschool in Onihunga up in Auckland that I visited, and they were they were putting in their own Scotland Child Swamp Program themselves, and it was healthy eating, healthy educating the kids, toothbrushing at school. And I said to this um, to the, the lady who was running it, I said, "This is this is fantastic. This is exactly what we should be rolling out." Um, and it's um, this is the answer. I mean, it's obvious. Okay, so what do you think this um, this report will say? And do you think it will have any once it's released, once the HHS has looked at it and probably redacted some of it? I don't know. That seems to happen a lot. What effect could it have here? Do you think? I think I think the effect is going to be um, commensurate to the number of people who are going to get themselves educated and be active. So we've got a number of talks through the country that are going to be starting um, very soon. I'd like to just um, let listeners know about that. So sure. at, the, at the end of August, um, we've got Mary Byrne speaking in the Queenstown and Central Otago area. So Queenstown, Wanaka, Cromwell, Alexandra, Roxbury. And at the end of July, uh, Mary's looking at going up to Northland, and those dates will be and um, locations will be on the fluoridefree.org.nz. And we're very excited about this one. There's looking like there's going to be a debate in Timaru at the end of June with Mary Byrne and Mark Atkin, another longtime fluoride-free um, activist and member, um, uh, debating two local dentists. So that they don't often come out of the woodwork and actually engage. So this is, I think it's really exciting. How did you manage to get that? Well, I think I'm not actually, you have to ask Mary that, but yeah. to be honest, but I think they just, um, that these guys, they, they just, they, I don't know why, but they don't actually, they're not up to date with the science. It's, it's quite. Yeah, but the dentists, it's their business. It is their business. And, and I would also argue that they're not um, neuroscientists. They're not brain they don't look at the brain, you know. You've got to look at the entire body. Wouldn't you err on the side of caution, though, always? 100%. 100%. That's common sense. And the, the thing about that is you've got to think about, when you talk about that, you look at margin of safety. So you've got to, it's quite known that you've got to take a factor of 10 So uh, in terms of your level. So if there's harm at, say, one um, part per million, you take a factor of 10, which is 0.1 parts per million. That's that's pretty much the levels in general in we've got in the water in New Zealand. So we should be erring on the side of caution and saying if, if there's causing harm, we should be down to just not putting it in. Um, but there's too there's there's too much on the line for these guys. And and I, you know, it's it's like trying to change um, an orthodoxy. You know, it takes a long time um, to to do that. Uh, but also because of the consumption of water and the fact that it's the shared supply, as you said. So many people don't have much of a choice unless they want to go out and buy bottled water or we've got a bore somewhere. And there's one I see in my part of town, not too far away. And there's always people around it. You know, mm -hmm. <laughs> there's always a queue. Um, 
isn't there a cumulative effect? Even if it's really small quantity, you know, you're drinking the stuff every day relentlessly. Yeah, so just going back to the um, compulsory medication part, the Supreme Court ruled that that um, fluoridation was essentially mandatory medication. So you, you're, you know, that's that's the highest um, court in the land, obviously. So they, that you bang on, it, it is mandatory medication. Um, and in terms of um, what it's doing to us, yeah, it's a bio, it bioaccumulates in, in our in our um, bones and soft tissue, right? So fifty percent is excreted through urine, and then fifty percent is stored in our um, soft tissue and, and bones, including the brain. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so what you've you've got is so going back to the lead um, similarity, you've got what's called um, Burton's line, where you've got that blue line along your teeth. And what fluoride's got is the dental fluorosis, which is a mottling of the teeth, and there's varying degrees of, of um, you know, uh, mild, medium, and bad. Severe. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Severe. I'll be looking and, out for that now. Yeah. So that's right. So if you've got severe um, dental fluorosis, you, you've more than likely got that through your body in terms of your skeleton. Wow. Okay. So our officials who have, you mentioned those two scientists, Gluckman, I can't remember the other one you mentioned. Yep. They've signed off. Ashley Bloomfield, there he is again. He's in there. And they know, right? You're saying they know, yet they're still willing to do this. It's it's hard to, to take. It, it, yeah, it is hard to take. And in, in um, 2016, when the um, Health and Human Services lowered the fluoride level to 0.7 part per million, sort of as a little bit of a precautionary um, move, Not obviously not enough, but I wrote to the Ministry of Health and said, look, you know, I'm not asking you to stop it, but the Ministry, you know, are you going to follow this lead of the Health and Human Services in the United States? And they said, no, there's no, you know, they don't see any need to do that. We are the highest fluoridated um, leveled country in the world. That's what people need to understand. Do you get the impression that some New Zealanders think they know more than everyone else? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's exactly like right. Like they're the only geniuses in the room? Mm-hmm. No, yeah. yeah. Okay. So it's all about waking people up, really, isn't it? People have got to – people have just got to get – there's a real – there's a varying degrees of um, understanding, and, and you see this on a number of different topics where – People are not willing to engage on this issue because you sort of the next question is going to be that you know the moon landings and whatever. But the reality is, this is impacting you, your family, and everybody, the whole country, the nation. Um, you know, we're talking about um, reading and writing results and kids doing well in school. Yeah, they're going down, and we you know, and they're going down. And it's like, well, the first thing I'd do is I'd be stopping fluoride going into the water because it's 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 lowering our IQ between three to five IQ points. But, you know, in Auckland, 1966, it started. Yeah. So we're talking nearly, you know, three generations of this stuff, and it's just got to stop. It's, you know, it's just way too far. We, we, we're beyond the point of having inquiries and and um, investigations and, and more reports from people who are just going to support it. We just need to stop it now. It's ridiculous. And no one will ever notice. And the only thing, if there's a downside that will be noticeable, and I get a feeling you're not going to see this, is that you might see a little more tooth decay. But what is it, how do you know anyway when kids are, you know, glugging down bottles of Coke and sugary drinks and sugary foods, which have no handbrake on them at all? You never know. So 
best to err on the side of caution. Do you think this is um, this is it? It'll take a bit of time, I guess, for fluoride in the United States. So you're starting to see the beginning of the end of it. Do you think? This is the big, yeah. This is the big, the real beginning of the end now because it, it can't, it can't continue with this level of exposure, and in particular, the people who are coming out and um, speaking out against it. So, for example, you know, the head of the JAMA Pediatrics editor said, you know, it's an effect size which was sizable on par with lead. Um, you've got Dr. David Ballinger, who's authored over 400 papers. It's actually very similar to the effect size that size that's seen with childhood exposure to lead. Um, you know, Philippe Grunjean, the editor of the Journal of Environmental Health, fluoride seems to fit in with lead, mercury, and other poisons that cause chemical brain drain. You know, so these these heavyweights are now coming out, and and um, a couple of these guys, um, Bruce Lambert and who did the seminal work on on lead neurotoxicity, he, there and Philippe Grunjean is the mercury expert. Both of those guys work for the UECPA and doing analysis on mercury and lead. They are um, expert witnesses for the Fluoride Action Network, which in the next court case is the 24th of January, 2024. And that's where the NTP report will be used, uh, hopefully, to finally end this, um, end, you know, provide an ending and rationale for, for it to stop, which, you know. And if that, that happens, then there'd be no choice for New Zealand but to take notice and and follow their lead, how could you argue against it? Yeah, well, I'm, do you think yeah, they might? <laughs> I agree, and and you know, it's 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 really strange because there's been a number of studies that have come out, and I would I'd call up Mary and I'd say, "This is it. This is the study. This is the one that's going to end it." And um, no, they still ignore it. It's it's quite unbelievable, you know. But we're living in a you know sort of medical tyranny, aren't we? So it's, well, it feels like it doesn't it? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think you're right. And and the base principle, even before you get to the effects, is that how can you put compulsory, compulsorily medicate something through as, something as fundamental as the shared water supply? I mean, even that doesn't pass. No, it's, it, yeah, it's a shotgun approach, isn't it? You know, we're all individuals and this is this... It's just collectivism gone mad, isn't it? So, I mean, we've got all the collective approach to living and we've got the individualism approach to living. And Do you think they drink their own tap water? Well, I think that'd be really interesting to know. And I think we need to dig down. To, the inquiry should be we need to be stopping fluoridation and then have an inquiry and, and find out, you know, what did they know and when did they know it? Yeah. All right. I, I think to end on, do you mind just spooling through again those uh, meeting um, places yeah, sure. Just so people are aware that that's coming to their town, if it is, yeah. and yeah, because sure. it's all about raising that awareness, right? Yeah, thank you, Paul. So go to fluoridefree.org.nz and you can see all the updated dates and, and um, events. So at the end of August, we've got Queenstown and Central Otago. At the end of July, we've got Northland. Those dates haven't, and um, locations haven't been exactly confirmed. But we've got this amazing de um, debate in Timaru at the end of June, Mary Byrne and Mark Atkin. And I, I'll be putting on a talk in Cambridge, um, hopefully at the end of June. Um, so that's, you can always, you can catch up with those on fluoridefree.org.nz. Well, keep on fighting the fight. I, I've had a problem, personally, I say, speaking personally, I've had a problem with this for a long time. Number one, because it's compulsory medication, that's a rights violation. But also, 
none, none of it makes sense after that either. So, you know, um, I, I wish you well. Thanks for coming on and, and speaking to us about that, Kate. Thanks very much, Paul. Appreciate your time. Okay. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.